Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What's going on, folks? Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, John Hutspeth. I hope you guys are doing fantastic. I think I say that every week, but you know what? I really do mean it. So, this last weekend, my wife and I did something that we have not done in a very long time. We purposely planned three fun events three days during the weekend. So, Friday, we went to a concert. And then Saturday, we took my daughter and nieces and nephews to a water park, which is a lot of fun, and then turned around on Sunday and went to the lake. And so one thing I learned is that I'm way too old to have that much fun all at one time, especially while working a full-time job. And so, uh, man, Friday was a beating at work. And then I, I had actually forgotten that I told my wife we could go to this concert and I, I literally thought of it like as I'm walking out the door to head home. And so that was like, I was a little, a little bit unfortunate. We ended up having a great time. But at the time, I didn't necessarily want to go. And then I had also kind of forgotten that we were supposed to take the kids to the water park when I told my wife that we could go to the lake on Sunday. And so I kind of accidentally in a roundabout way just signed myself up for way too much in one weekend. But like, I don't know if I've, I've know I've talked about my wife quite a bit. That is her life. Like that's what she lived for. If she could have something every single day, like every single evening, that would be like the best life she could possibly live. I am not that way. Like once a week and I'm probably pretty good. Like <laughs> the rest of the week I'm good. You know, just being at home, relaxing, watching TV or something like that. But my wife just lives to go, go, go. So she had like the best weekend of her entire life. Uh, I will say I had a bunch of fun. Don't get me wrong. But I wish that fun would have been spread out a little bit more instead of cramming it all into one weekend. So, so yeah, all that to say, we had a great time. Had a lot of fun. Got to see the family and everything like that. So, so no complaints. But that was last weekend. This coming weekend, I believe I have it worked out. I think I uh, talked about it last week. I believe I have it worked out to spend pretty much all of Father's Day weekend doing deer stuff at the ranch. Uh, I am going to come back and, and hang out with the family on Sunday and you know let them celebrate me. because This is my first Father's Day, so I'm not used to that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to hang out with the family Sunday, probably go see my dad and everything like that. But uh, Friday, I'm going to head to the ranch, and I have a huge list of stuff that I want to like. I, I feel like I'm almost setting myself up for disappointment because I have so many things that I want to get done. But number one priority, as long as I can get a, a tractor free, I know they're in hay cutting mode right now, but uh, I want to hook up the mower and mow a couple of our like native grass spots. I'm trying to promote some more native grass. And last year we, we really hurt that area grazing it during the drought last summer. And, uh, and a lot of it's just kind of grown up and stuff that I don't want. And so 
Uh, I know normally people say don't you know mow like you're hurting yourself, but uh, we just have a lot of stuff that needs to go. And I've heard I've talked about this before. I think I talked about it last week that mowing native grass around the summer equinox, which is going to be this coming week, uh, helps promote native grass growth. And so I know it sounds like witchcraft. I make fun of that all the time. But I did it a couple years ago, and it actually worked really well. And we got a lot of, of growth out of it. And so so that's my plan is to you know mow some of that stuff. Uh, a couple of my stands, I know I complained about it last year. Uh, again, when we put the cows back there, the cows were rubbing on my brand new blinds and they kicked the feet out on a lot of them. And uh, there's one particular, the one in the in the saddle that's like leaning way forward. And in fact, when I was hunting it this year, like uh, during muzzleloader and rifle, you almost couldn't get a shot because it was leaning so far forward that like the window was so low that you couldn't shoot, you know, where you needed to if you were resting on the window. And so while I got the tractor back there, I'm going to pick some of those up, level them out and everything. And then if I have time, uh, I need to uh, check some straps on tree stands and stuff like that, make sure all those are good. And then, if I, again, if I have time, uh, one of my soybean plots, it's, it's the one that, like, if the cows get in the creek, they can kind of get around the fence and get up in there. And so I want to set up an electric fence, if at all possible. And so I know that's a, a very long list, like I mentioned, especially when I need to probably spend most of the time, uh, you know, mowing stuff. But, um, yeah, like I said, lots of stuff planned. We'll see how much I get done. I'll definitely keep you all updated. Uh, I know I've talked about it several times. I think I even talked about it in this interview that we're going to listen to today, how excited I am about my soybeans. I think in the last, like, five days, we've gotten two inches of rain on those bad boys. And they were already doing so good. I, I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to take pictures of them. I'm going to roll around in them. <laughs> Maybe not that. But I uh, I just can't express how excited I am, how, how excited I am about these soybeans. And, and it just so far, so good. I'm crossing my fingers. It looks like they're going to do really well. And they may even continue into being able to hunt them this fall. So that would be super awesome. I only have one camera up right now, and it's actually on a protein feeder, but the protein feeder's next to the soybeans. Been getting quite a bit of deer activity on that thing, and so I know already that they're utilizing it. It's still a little early. I don't think I'm going to put out any more cameras. Just There's no reason to yet. Um, but on that on that one camera, I can already tell I have at least two, maybe three different bucks. You know, I can't recognize which ones they are like from the past or anything, uh, but there's just enough difference and and uh, levels of growth that I can tell that they're different bucks. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, oh, that's that's about it. <laughs> like, as you can tell, very excited about it. Excited to get out there, do some more work. And guys, I say this every year, about this time of year, deer season's going to be here before you know it. So make sure you're practicing with your bow, your gun, muzzleloader, whatever. Make sure you're just like I was talking about doing, checking your straps, checking your stands, getting food plot prep, get those cameras ready because here in about another month, it's going to be time to, uh, to get those suckers out. And so we're, we're just about there, guys. That's all I'm going to say. We're just about there. So, But this week on the show, we're going to talk to somebody who has already gotten their 2023 hunting season underway. We are talking to Branson Shelton, and Branson's been on the show before. Uh, but he um, he just got back from a unnamed state that he asked to keep uh, you know on the down low, which I completely understand. But he just got back from a spring bear hunt, and bear hunting is one thing that I've been trying to do a better job of getting on the show. I've still have yet, I think, to talk to like a real good 
kind of Oklahoma expert bear hunter. Um, and that's something that I've been striving for. I've reached out to a couple people, haven't really gotten very good response back. Um, but so anyway, on social media, I saw Branson's uh, picture, reached out to him, and he was more than willing to come on the show and talk about his hunt. And it's a really, really cool story. And then at the end, we kind of talk about how he can maybe take some of the things he learned from that hunt and apply them here in Oklahoma because he also chases bears here. And so, so yeah, like I said, really good show, really excited about it. Uh, Branson does a really good job of just telling the story, and he's also a fantastic photographer. And so at the end of this episode, he'll shout out his, his company, his Instagram and everything. So do me a favor, look him up, follow him, support him. And that, I think, is all I got for you guys. So, yeah, we're going to hear a quick word from our partners, and then we'll get into our story with Branson right after this. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. When you're out in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, The mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit bravadowireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. The more I look at land, the more I see that good-looking Arrowhead Land Company logo. The guys and gals at Arrowhead are making a huge splash in the Oklahoma land market. So if you're looking to buy or sell, be sure to give them a call. They have agents across the state ready to help you out or answer any questions you may have. So check out Arrowhead Land Company and let their hardworking agents go to work for you. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. Today we got returning guest, Mr. Branson Shelton. How you doing, Branson? Man, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. We were, Before we started recording, we talked about how we're getting some of these nice June rains that we can't always count on, and so uh, I'm I'm sitting pretty good. I don't know if you've listened to my last uh, episode or two, but I planted some spring plots this year, some soybeans, yep. and, and every time I see this rain, I just kind of giggle inside like a little kid because <laughs> I, I know they're getting watered. It's It's been like a lifelong dream of mine to, to grow some soybeans in the spring. This is the first time I'm doing it, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I'm loving the spring rain, but anyway, how about yourself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm doing good. I can't complain. Uh, coming back from my little spring bear hunt, so mm-hmm. still living in that uh, dream world of trying to reminisce all that I can. So having mm-hmm. to come back to the real world and all the the work that follows it. So, <laughs> but I'm holding yep, up, yep. doing pretty good. Yep. Good. Good. I, I feel like we're all kind of at that stage of life for people about our age where. You get to go on one of these trips and you love it and you have fun, but then when you get home, it's it's like almost like you're kicking yourself because you got to come back to all the reality and all the work that you missed while you were gone. So I know that feeling. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly gotcha. right. Well, you you let the cat out of the bag. We're going to be talking about uh, some spring bear hunting, but before <laughs> we get there, um, you've been on the podcast before, but it's been a while. So real quick, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? So, uh, like I said, Branson Shelton, uh, I have been hunting public land uh, all of my life. I mean, ever since my dad and my grandpa got me into hunting, uh, just kind of started hunting, you know, here in Oklahoma as a kid growing up. And as I got older, uh, just had the goals of being able to have a job that would 
allow me to pursue hunting even more and just kind of following in suit with that. Uh, I travel all over uh, as much as I can and try to hunt as much as I can. I do it all, man. I just try to be the most well-rounded woodsman. I think that's the most important part of being a hunter is just being a, a true woodsman. So that's what mm-hmm. I aspire to be. Uh, and that just kind of take that uh, philosophy into every hunt that I go on, whether it's going to be here in Oklahoma, up throughout the Midwest or in the West, you know. Uh, and then I try to do as much documenting that I can, whether it be through uh, photography or through the written, written word. And then just hopefully I do something that kind of can uh, pique somebody's interest and uh, want to follow along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen uh, seen some of your pictures, and they are beautiful. And so, uh, yeah, I really enjoy I appreciate that. And tagging along. And, uh, man, I'm excited to hear this story. So, like I said, you, you teased it a little bit. You just got back from a, a western bear hunt, and uh, you asked that we keep the, the location and everything kind of quiet. So we're just going to leave it at that. But, uh, man, I'm going to let you kind of just run with it yourself. Um, you know, I want to know kind of how this came about. Um, did you go by yourself with some buddies? just kind of talk about where this idea came and uh and just kind of the the leading up to the hunt i guess you know however how you planned everything out and got everything situated so uh last fall my wife let me know that uh we was going to be expecting a baby this coming uh summer congratulations we're gonna have a, i appreciate that we're gonna have a baby girl uh supposedly july the 20th you know she might have a mind of her own we're still waiting on that but uh Uh with that with that coming up i was kind of pressed like i really enjoy going on a hunt and i feel like i am the best version of myself when i have something something that i have to work towards like just having the dragon to slay you know working towards it whether it be training or just gearing up for it you know i really enjoy it and I'm getting my focus kind of singular on that. But with that, with knowing that I'm going to be having a baby girl leading into the fall, I had already pretty much counted out any big uh, hunting trips early on. You know, uh, last year I went on a uh, elk hunt in September, and I knew that probably wasn't going to happen. I, did, I wasn't too comfortable leaving that soon after she's going to be born. So I was just kind of trying to figure something out. You know, what on earth could I possibly do? And uh, it was at the uh, Black Bear Bonanza, which is put on by the Arkansas Backcountry Hunters, Asso- Hunters Association. Uh, mm-hmm. I ran into one of my good buddies, and me and him were just chit-chatting. He had went to uh, a spring bear hunt last year and gotten a, I mean, he got a trophy boar. He was a real nice bear. And we were just talking about it, and uh, by the time I left, he uh he made, gave me a phone call and said, man, like, there's an open spot if I wanted to go. Uh, him and a few other guys was going. And uh, I told my wife, I said, I, I can't miss this one. Like, I feel like I, re- I really <laughs> need to go. Uh, just It would give me the satisfaction of, of having a big hunt. You know, and a, a Western backcountry hunt is something, it's in, in a league of its own. There's nothing else that compares to it. And once you kind of dive off into that, it's just, you have to have it. Like, I have to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, man, a, a spring bear hunt is just going to be perfect. I can go. I can do that. Come back home and get everything situated for the baby. And then just kind of 
ease into the fall and just do my thing here at home and hopefully get a mature whitetail and I could be satisfied th- through the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's pretty much how Man. I got started. Yeah, that's and I can completely relate because that was me last year. So my little girl will turn one uh, in a few weeks here, here in July. So almost the exact same situation, and <laughs> I kind of did the same thing. I last year I didn't go on any western hunts; just end up hunting around here. I did. Uh, I went to Nebraska where my my sister lives. That was the first time I went and hunted there. But I think I, yeah. I only hunted like two days. Like basically, it, it, it times out with uh, what is that Labor Day weekend, maybe. One of those, one of those little three day holidays. And, uh, yeah. so I basically just, you know, I already had Friday off work. So I drove up there Thursday night, I think hunted Friday, Saturday and drove home Sunday. And that was about the, uh, that was about it as far as my travel hunting last year. So, uh, so yeah, man, it's, uh, it's going to change the game a little bit. I'll just warn you. That's right. You know, I'm re- I'm ready for it. Uh, mm-hmm. but like I said, and I just, I like to have an adventure and I, I like to go on mm-hmm. one. And she yep. and she's all about it too. So it is nice having somebody that's supportive like that and knows that I kind of just she, she has to let me go and do my thing a little bit. <laughs> yep. My wife could always tell when I wanted to go hunting because about Wednesday I'd start being <laughs> real nice. You know, I'd I'd change an extra yeah. diapers and hey, you stay on the couch, I'll fix the bottle and everything. <laughs> you know, working up that you know time till Friday and Saturday afternoon. So, uh, yeah. But man, it it it's awesome. I wouldn't change it. So. Um, so yeah, all right. So, uh, so yeah, you're, you're headed out with a couple of buddies. Um, let's get into the hunt itself. Uh, you know, what kind of terrain did you, did you do a bunch of research going into it? Like, did you, you know, were you trying to learn where bears would be or were you kind of going into it just blind? Well, I had, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos and I do a lot of reading through bear hunting magazine. And, uh, so I kind of know. I know the gist of a spring bear hunt and what it kind of entails. And I, I know that during the spring when the bears are coming out of hibernation, they're looking for um, the first green up. They're, gonna, they're thinking about filling up, you know, eating as much as possible. And then about early to mid-June, the boars will start getting kind of ruddy and they'll start, you know, trying to find and breed a sow. Uh so I knew it was going to be getting out and just trying to find a food source primarily. Uh, but as far as terrain, I got, I had gotten just a couple of pins from those guys and then I just kind of got on Onyx myself and started looking and, you know, just trying to find what I thought would be good. What would, uh, what would, what I thought would work, you know, but I really being the first time that I've ever done anything, I was also going to be relying a lot on them to try to, you know, learn from them since they, they did have one year of a hunt in their belt which is mm-hmm. having one year isn't much in the grand scheme of things but having any experience man it's a it's a big deal I, just going in with a little bit more confidence you know mm-hmm. so i started to do my research but i had i've already knew, known uh about you know backcountry hunting from going on a going on elk hunts and stuff but mm-hmm. i knew what all i was going to need so I, you know, had to start preparing for that. And the terrain was where we were at. I wouldn't, it wasn't quite mountainous. I think the highest elevations that we seen was around 6,200 feet. So it's still just pretty hilly, but it was a lot of up and down, uh, a lot of creek bottoms and stuff. And uh, that'd get pretty steep but as far as, you know, 
sheer elevation it wasn't too mm-hmm. it wasn't too, like mountains or nothing like that yeah but now were was, y'all uh, were y'all backpack hunting or did y'all have a base camp that you'd kind of go out of every day backpack hunting yeah okay there nice. was a there was a we went to a couple of places uh let's see we left out on a saturday morning around three thirty, almost 4 o'clock in the morning and just drove man just a long drive you know uh mm-hmm. there from texas so I, I drove down and met them and we, we struck out mm-hmm. and we got there and they kind of had a general area in mind and once you know you can do all the research you want to and drop pins on onyx whatever map system you use but it takes just getting there and getting out there and figuring it out. Cause it might look one way on the map, you know, and it just be completely different once you get there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got to one spot and just we just had to do a lot of driving and a lot, a lot of looking for a day. Uh, well, just kind of active scouting is what I like to call it, but scouting. But you're still doing it with a with a gun in your hand, and it was. We, we left on Memorial Day weekend is when we left. So it was at the end of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, got up there on Sunday. We uh, Sunday evening, we was able to get out and kind of do some glassing. <clears throat> but uh, kind of the gist of a Western public land hunt that is, it is the same as any public land hunt. So you kind of have to deal with some hunting pressure. And mm-hmm. that, that weekend was kind of what that was right there just kind of control what we've done man there's just a lot of pressure in the first area that we went we didn't have to backpack too far that day we, had, we was pretty close to the truck still but there's a, it's a great looking spot but at the end of the day whenever there's any type of uh accessible roads that can be driven a lot mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of traffic you know so yeah we didn't feel too confident in that so we had to start moving around and from from that point on, it was a straight backpack hunt. We went into some places that we we had to hike pretty deep and you know carry everything on our back. And that that is that's a game changer. That's <laughs> if you haven't done that, it's a it's a big thing. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was actually just talking to a guy. Uh, I guess on Friday, who uh, he just drew a uh, a mule deer tag. And uh, he, he's never been out west, and, and so we were talking about it, and uh, I told him the the number one thing that's going to annoy you is water, because it's awesome to get up there on top, you can see, you can kind of run the ridges, and, and not have to do any, too much of that steep hiking, but at some point, you're going to have to go back down and get water, and that's, that's the part yeah. that always drives me crazy. Oh man, like, it, it is like such a controlling factor in the hunt of mm-hmm. that, of that really style, is. you know, and... Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to tote it with you, that's going to be the the bulk of your weight in your pack, and man, it's just mm-hmm. it's tough. I spend a lot of time in trying to dial my pack in, and I I don't do a lot of research on that, and try to be as minimalistic as I possibly can. And I mm-hmm. feel like now I had the I had the backpack hunt dialed in. I think I I left out with everything. I weighed it all out individual uh my backpack five days of food my tent sleeping bag and trekking poles and uh all the uh, odds and end things i think my, my pack weighed just just a hair over 28 pounds 
Wow. And, uh, that's, yeah, that's before water. That's, uh, that, yeah, so, but still, that's very light. That's that's amazing. Oh, man. I was I was ec- ecstatic about that, man. I was mm-hmm. super proud of it. Uh, mm-hmm. that, man, the, the more you towed in and you just start walking around, you the first couple of miles, you start thinking about everything that, uh, that oh, you yeah. don't have to have that you have. And like, well, I probably could have done, done without this or done without that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I go in the end with just next to nothing, really. But it was it was enough. And I probably could have even mm-hmm. lost a little bit of weight because once I get into a hunt like that, I'm very bad about not wanting to eat anything. I mean, I can go forever just yeah. on some dang granola bars or something. Mm-hmm. Which not the that's not the ideal situation. You don't need to be like that. But I just that's something mm-hmm. that I can't help. I I start getting into hunt mode and it's, yeah. it's just game on. I'm the same way, and it sounds crazy, especially to maybe to people who have never done it, because you're you're burning so many calories, that, you know, more oh, than yeah. you normally would, because you're just doing nothing but hiking, and and you know, like you said, it's usually not flat. Um, but yeah, there's something about that. Like I, I'm the same way. Like I usually survive on Cliff Bars, just about almost a hundred percent for a few yeah. days. And you know, I might, I'll, I usually I pack a few little treats. I'll pack some Snickers and stuff like that, just something to to change it up and and get a different flavor. But, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird how our bodies do that. For sure. You know, I, uh, like I said, I was doing a lot of research. I made, uh, several of my own, uh, dehydrated meals, mainly because mm-hmm. I was just a tightwad. I didn't want to spend all the money on those things. I think, uh, mm-hmm. one of the freeze dried meals, they run about 12, $13, uh, on mm-hmm. average. And you can catch some on sale sometimes, but, it's pretty darn expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever you start getting one for every single day, so uh, I made a couple of my own and then packed a few of them uh, that I bought. Then I I like to pack a uh, tortilla with peanut butter, bacon, and honey. And I vacuum seal that. Mm-hmm. It is impossible to smash it. You just throw it down in the bottom of your backpack and dig it out, and it'll last several days. And I can go a long ways on those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I figured it up to be about uh, food, you know, a meal at the end of the day, some snacks like trail mix type things that uh, I hardly ever touched, and then uh, like some uh, instant coffee. I want to say that I was uh, just over a pound of food per day, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of a, from what I've read, that's kind of the goal you kind of shoot for that but you want to get stuff that's also like the most calorie dense and i probably yeah. didn't do that but uh i still i, I survived yeah yeah <laughs> very cool very cool all right now uh on the on the hunting side so here's a question i i've i've done a little bit of spring bear hunting but not much um from what you found and read and everything are bear, are they kind of like what you think of with deer and elk, where it's like early in the morning, late in the evening, or is it kind of more of an all-day thing? Uh, what did y'all find with that? So, from what I've gathered, bears are pretty lazy. Every, mm-hmm. Everywhere that you read, it's kind of, it's, a spring bear hunt is a hunt that waking up at the crack of dawn is not really needed you don't really have to do that um that's that's my kind of (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not too bad um 
it's going to be one of those hunts where you kind of wake up and the biggest part is going to be uh, sitting up and glassing from your camp and uh, trying to catch a bear moving. And I think they're, they're most active in the evenings before dark. And a lot of times, like depending on when they come out and how far they are away, you might you might see one on a hillside and you see it one day and the next day you, you put a stock you put a stock on it and try and get in front of them. And mm-hmm. that's something that's that is hard to grasp. And it's, it's real hard for me to grasp because I'm a very aggressive hunter, uh, especially when I go off on a hunt like that. I mean, myself and as for most of the people that are going to be going on a hunt like this or, or any style, most of the time it's going to be for one week. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure that for that one week, I leave no stone unturned and that I will go home. If I, if I go home empty handed, I will say that I, I will never be out hunted and that I will do everything that I possibly can to get the job done. So mm-hmm. like towards, uh, so it was tough for me like to, just be sitting there in glass and you know it was that's tough it's just tough <laughs> it ain't like a deer hunt there's a there was one day where we decided to to get up before daylight and what's bad is you get up there in the west and, you know it's daylight at about four fifteen in the morning you can start seeing so you really got to get up there early and uh it don't get dark it truly don't get dark until like 11 15 or so like almost midnight mm. God. Uh, you, you could still you still be seeing it would still be still kind of a um, dusky looking to the west mm. where the sunset it's kind of a it's kind of a thing to see mm-hmm. so it if you was to get up early before daylight it man it's just it's taxing it takes a lot of work but uh what we ended up doing like we had to um we had to hike into one area I think we went in about six miles to the, I mean, was way back in that one system following a trail, and we kind of branched out from there. The four of us, we went to, we tried to stay uh, in two-person groups, and we had set up in glass. And but just the longer you do that, and you, it took us a while to start seeing bears. But uh, once you start doing that, you're not seeing anything. It was just hard for me to sit there and be like, man, like I'm, I'm sitting here bears aren't moving and i'm gonna walk back to camp here in a little bit and i can i can start getting kind of down a little bit because i'm mm-hmm. like i said it's just not my not my typical style of hunting mm-hmm. yeah i think most whitetail hunters know what you're talking about you know just they're more plentiful usually if you're hunting you know a, a food plot or a feeder or something you're just kind of used to seeing game and, and most people are used to seeing game pretty much every time and yeah, that's right. just kind of not right. always not always the case out west. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. We uh, I think there's a the one area that we went to. Uh, like I said, we we went several days without seeing a bear. We we was hiking in one afternoon, and the uh, guy in the front was leading the way. He walked up there to a small a juvenile bear with a tracking collar that we jumped coming out. And uh, so we thought, okay, you know, there, there's bears in the area. We didn't plan on going too far, too much further. So we ended up backtracking about a half a mile to set up camp. Then we kind of branched out from there to start hunting and uh, split up in twos. And then that evening, we ended up 
uh, we jumped a, a pretty large uh, black bear. I mean, it was a jet black. It was just right there at the end of shooting light. We was coming back on the on the trail. We wasn't able to get a shot at it or anything, but that was that was the only two bears we seen for a long time. So mm-hmm. not having not having the big density is that's like kind of like you said, whitetail hunting. It's just different. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh... Yeah, you know, whitetails, when you're talking about deer per square mile, you're talking about way, way more than just about anything out west. You know, even even deer out west, you're not talking near the density that we have here in the east. Um, no. So yeah, you're definitely not going to see as many. And uh, But uh, I don't want to ruin the story here, but uh, I, I know I saw a picture of you with a, an amazing little black bear, so let's move into that story. So y'all were not seeing bears. And then I, I'm guessing something picked up towards the end of the week. Yeah, so we hunted uh, one area for for about three days, I guess. And we, you know, done all we could. Started uh, started getting pretty aggressive. Uh, I told my hunting partner, his name is David McDaniel's. Uh, he is a writer for Bear Hunting Magazine, and I, I told him that it's just time for me. Like, cause I need to start getting aggressive. I feel like I'm there's. I need to make something happen. That's just kind of my style. I, I know that I can do it. I know I can do it with uh, on whitetails. I love. Uh, I love slip hunting. It's, you know, well, or steel hunting. I love to slip around, sit, and just move, be quiet. Because uh, I know that in the evening, bears are typically more active. Mm-hmm. But there has got to be one somewhere moving in the morning whether it be in the timber or in the, in the creek bottoms or you know somewhere there's going to be one moving and that's the one that i'm going after so we i started getting just kind of hunting that way using on x i was able to find a slough move down into thinking that's really going to do something and we we moved in got to a spot that i mean it looked like the greatest glass knob that God has ever created in the West. We we sat there for several days. I got him up early in the morning one morning, and we sat there all day long glassing. Just wasn't happening. I moved into that slough and found a lot of fresh bear sign. But it's one of those things like, okay, like we only have a few days left. We could see several miles and you know, it all looked like bear country. There's food everywhere that they needed, which typically is going to be the fresh green up from the snow melt, and you're going to find that on the south south facing slopes. But the temperatures had was steadily climbing, so there's also some green up coming on the north facing slopes. So when that starts happening, the bears kind of get dispersed a little bit, and they're not just going to be congregated on those southern sides. Hmm. So, and we're not we're just not seeing the bears, and like we're not seeing them at all anywhere that we can make a stock on so we went back to camp we decided that we're gonna we'll sleep tonight wake up early in the morning hike six miles back out and we're gonna try to find a new spot we once we got back to the truck we were started uh we decided to go on into town get about to eat and then we're gonna split up we had found a few pins that they looked promising but uh like I said earlier, you just got to put boots on the ground to figure it out. When David and uh, Kelly, they went out to check one spot. And uh, me, another guy, we call him boss. Uh, we was we going to go check out another one. 
So I, dro- I dropped him off from the truck, and I drove off to go to the spot I was wanting to check, and it happened to be a dead-end road, and uh, there's a gate that come, out, that come across that we couldn't get near. We couldn't go near as far as I was needing to to get back in there. It was going to be like a, a 12-mile hike from the mm. gate that we was going to park on and parking next to a highway. I didn't feel comfortable doing that anyway, so we was kind of like, it's kind of just feeling like a bust. And I seen a sign that there's this uh, mountain peak, and you can go look at it. And I said, well, heck, let's just drive up here and go go check it out. There should be this big draw on one side of it. And when I was driving up there, looking on Onyx, it was all timbered. But I guess with, within the last year or so, there was a burn. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it just green up everywhere. It, I mean, we knew, like, driving up, I was just telling myself, this is it. I was telling Jeff, this is it, man. Like, this is where we need to hunt. We had just a huge slope to watch. I mean, that went on for miles, and then went all the way back, and then it created a bowl at the back end of it, and just peaks. It has a, a snow cap to the west. It had another partial burn up on the, the southern side for a, just a small area. Of, like I said, in the bowl was real dark timber. It had um, a creek running on the bottom of it to keep everything cool. We got out. We started doing some walking. There's kind of, I would I would compare them to a skitter trail at home in the uh, timber country, <clears throat> and just kind of flat spots along along the mountainside. And we was walking along and started seeing some fairly fresh bear sign, bear scat, and we just backed out and said, "Well, we got to go get David and Kelly." So this right here is the spot. This is where we need to be. So drove all the way back and got them and. We didn't, uh, as soon as we picked them up, we just drove as fast as we could back over there because ideally you want to be set up to glass about 4 o'clock. You know, 4 o'clock to about 10 is what you can shoot. Uh, I want to say it was shooting light was closing about 10 o'clock mm-hmm. at, at night. So uh, got over there and uh, started glassing and didn't see anything that night. And I was thinking to myself, well, there is some fresh bear sign. Like I, I feel like I wanted to uh, get up at daylight, get out there, and like, this is on Wednesday. We're going to be leaving Saturday morning. Uh, we, need, we just need to go glass. You know, we need to get up and go check it out. Do what we can to try to make something happen. And uh, I guess it didn't happen on Wednesday. And Thursday is when I really started feeling aggressive. I was. I told him like I'm gonna get up at daylight again. We're gonna go go glass. Uh, whenever we got out there, me and uh, Jeff set up. We watched until about we watched from about 5 a.m. till about 7:15 or so, and didn't see anything. And there was a a pretty steep slope to get down to the bottom. And I told him like, well, I'm gonna. I'm going to slide off here. There's a lot of loose rock scree. Like, I'm going to slide off, get down to this creek bottom, and if he wanted to stay high and just kind of parallel me, like, I'm going to slip hunt my way through this drainage and to see if I could find any fresh sign. I just, I need to know there's there's some bears in the area. Upon doing so, I, I got down to the bottom and started seeing some, some pretty good sign. Like, it started looking promising. I moved around, crossed the creek, and I just found 
a pile of a bear scat that was made probably just hours before I got there. I mean, it was just obviously fresh. And I like, okay, like I, here's what I need to do. Like I just I need to be in here. I ended up moving in and trying to find a place to set up. And I I want to say that on that Thursday I ended up walk I walked 18 miles slip hunting getting into a spot. And I mean just I worked my way up following these trails till I got up to a the top of this little hill where I could really glass. And it just, we got there, it just didn't happen. I mean, I hunted my tail off on that Thursday. It did not happen. And kind of, we got all the way back into that bowl and, you know, like I said, just being aggressive. Once I got back to camp that night, I was just, I was spent. I think I I got back to camp probably about 11.30, 11.45. And it was, we just kind of had a little base camp at that point set up um, and we where we could glass from. I just ended up going a lot deeper than anticipated. So I, I got back and I was just, I was spent. It's, now it's going to be Friday. We're leaving early Saturday morning. And I'm just, I'm exhausted. I felt like I had, you know, used every resource that I had and just it's going to come up empty handed. We got up early on Saturday, on Friday morning. Going to go check another spot was uh was in the truck and jeff realized that he missed his or he left his binoculars like oh crap and, you know well we'll go back over there so we got out we got back to the hunting spot it's probably about it's probably about eight o'clock in the morning at this time and jeff and david run down to the bottom to go get his binoculars and me and Kelly was going to go on up the hill and look at the burn and make it all the way to the top and come back and get them. When uh, we got, so we started going up. And as soon as we got up to the top where uh, that little small partial burn, it just like a, a bomb of bears went off. Like <laughs> we put, put in so much work within probably about a mile and a half or so, we seen seven bears. And it was like I couldn't I couldn't believe it. They just happened to be moving in, and against uh, what well, our theories of them moving later in the evening, here it is mid morning, and these bears are on their feet. And, uh, so we figured out you know we need to get out and try to make a move on these things. And I spotted mine, and it was just a, I mean, just caught a small glimpse of one. I could tell that it was a color phase light blonde and it just seemed like it just happened so so fast i put a part it was a frontal shot i hit him in the chest and it come out on uh i guess it come out on its left side before the hand and it it took like a a step and a half it was it was down instantly and like to have put so much work in you want to think that you know how can it be this how could it be this easy for it to just happen like this or does it happen that easy because you put the work in? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it it was awesome. Got up there, just a beautiful blonde, bright blonde with uh, more chocolate or cinnamon colored on its face and on all four legs. And it has a really dark uh, cinnamon or chocolate colored stripe on its back. Just a beautiful bear. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was uh, <laughs> to, have, to have hunted so hard and for it to 
come together on the last day, you know, it's just, you can't ask for anything more than it happening on the first day. Mm-mm. Man, that's a, that's an awesome story. And, uh, you know, one thing that really sticks out to me is just, you know, how hard you continued to hunt. Cause I know, I mean, it's a struggle that I have every time I go elk hunting when, you know, when you're sleeping on an uncomfortable, unlevel ground, you're hiking all day long, you know, the more days that go by, the harder it is to get up and do it all over again. And, uh, man, I, so I, yeah, I applaud you for just sticking after it, sticking to your guns. If anything, it almost sounds like you hunted harder at the end of the week than you did at the beginning of the week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I want I don't know if that's other than just, I think it's just being hard headed to be honest with you. I'm, I get <laughs> to be pretty stubborn and like uh, I said, I'm not going to go home feeling like I could have done more. I'm going to, if, mm-hmm. If I'm going to hunt a drain or a, a or hey, whether it be woods here at home for whitetail or like if it's going to be the end of my hunt, so what if I blow it up? Who who cares if I go in there and run every single one of them out of the area? Because I'm I'm getting out there. It's my last day. Like I'm not going to be here tomorrow. So who cares if the bears are there tomorrow? Because I sure don't. Yeah. And yeah. you know I was getting in, eating, you know, sleeping on a I have a floorless tent, you know, so I'm just sleeping on the ground. And like I said, you're not, mm-hmm. you're not getting rested. Going to bed at about twelve fifteen or so at night and waking up at about 4 o'clock in the morning if you want to do that daylight. And, you know, just I wasn't going to take no for an answer. And I told them, like, it, it, it's hard. And everyone kind of starts getting down by, you know, day three or day four. And we haven't even had the opportunity to put a stalk on a bear. It starts getting down, but when you're in a hunt like that and you're in a group, negativity is a disease. And like mm-hmm. staying optimistic and leading by example is what it takes, you know, just to, and that, and that's just the type of person that I, I strive to be. Like I, I try to stay positive in everything, not just hunting, but, uh, that's, that's key. I mean, cause just trying to stay motivated, you know, let everybody else kind of feed off that and kind of, hold up, hold myself to the fire and you know and all them guys they was all about it too they was they was right there with me they they hunted hard as well mm-hmm. yeah having like-minded think, individuals is also a big part of it it is that that's that's key and it, it's i was a uh, it was a going joke that uh here i am going off into bear country with you know one of my buddies and two guys that i've never met before like i wouldn't a hundred percent sure that if I wasn't going to be the game, I thought they might've been hunting me or something <laughs> at the end of it. They're just, they're taking me, you know, up here away from my family. They're going to go on the, uh, what is it? The most dangerous game type of hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But, uh, going off, going off on the back country hunt, like having like-minded guys, that is, uh, that's key. That is, uh, that's mm-hmm. key. Very important. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think from hunting Sunday to Friday, if my watch is correct, you know, and it, it, who knows if it is or if it isn't, it's a mm-hmm. Garmin instinct and it logged all of my mileage, all of my steps. And it said, I walked 61.2 miles from Sunday to Friday. I believe it. I believe it. Mm. Awesome, man. Well, I got one quick, uh, I don't know. I, it's on the same topic, I guess, but a little bit different shift. Does, this hunt make you want to look more into trying to do some bear hunting in Oklahoma? 
Well, I already had the goal of uh, getting mm. a bear here at home. Uh, that was gotcha. one. That's going to be my goal this year because, like I said, mm. having that baby is going to change the game this fall. And I know mm. that if I'm going to get a bear here at home, it is going to be the first week of October. So I might, mm-hmm. you know, kind of go all in that first week and try to try to get a bear down over bait or something here at the house because whenever I left, left on Saturday, but it was a Friday afternoon, there was a big boar spotted there at the house where I live. So mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm, gotcha. I'm leaving home. I'm leaving a bear that's practically in my backyard and going all <laughs> this way to go hunt after one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, and the bears, you know, Hunting in the spring, uh, the bears up there, they're quite a bit smaller. You're not guaranteed to just get a big one but uh, or you know, heavy, big-bodied. But hunting here in Oklahoma, the bears are going to get a lot bigger. you got a mm-hmm. chance of killing one that's going to be pushing 500 pounds even. Because they don't yeah. go through a typical hibernation here. So they're able to browse almost all year long, and, man, they just get big. Yeah. Man, I I've had a goal of killing a a bear in Oklahoma really the last two years, but I I, I mean I honestly haven't hardly even tried because uh, I guess it's been I've talked about it before. It's been probably four years ago now. My brother and I got on a lease um, that had a bunch of bears on it and tried, and we learned a lot. Neither of us killed one. Um, yeah, but uh, but you know, so now for me to do it, I'd have to go on public, which is which is legal and everything, but you can't bait on public. Right. And trying to trying to figure out, you know, and pattern a black bear on public land and kid, get him killed with a bow. That's a pretty tall order, and so I I think that's why more people don't do it. Um, but it it is definitely yeah. it's always in the back of my mind. Like it's something I definitely want to do someday. Yeah, I, I'm lucky to have some land of my own, and then uh, have some family land that they all carry some bear. Uh, mm-hmm. So having private access and being or a lease, not on a lease or anything, but having access to be able to bait one is going to really up your odds. I, I mm-hmm. have slip hunted enough in uh, Oklahoma that I have stalked up on a few bears in the fall. I wasn't able to get make anything happen, but you can do it with a muzzleloader on public land also. But uh, yeah, it kind of starts getting a little bit tougher that late in mm-hmm. the fall because they start getting pretty spread out. Yeah. But, yeah that uh mm-hmm. that is the goal to kill one here uh i kind of put my foot in my mouth i told my boy if i went off to uh in the spring and killed a uh black bear of my own then i'll give him the opportunity in the fall so he's gonna hold me to that i can Uh-oh. already tell <laughs> yeah uh-huh. but that'll be gotcha. that'll be fine i'm we're gonna have to start uh stalking up on little debbies and try not to eat them and <laughs> fish uh-huh. grease and get after baiting one it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be different i'm not uh i'm not hunted over bait or anything but mm-hmm. it'll be fun but i yep. uh, being able to do it in the spring you know that's that right there in and of itself is a big game changer because typically it's a time that i'm not hunting uh not mm-hmm. like this not carrying a rifle or anything when you got turkey mm-hmm. season but uh, to go on a big game hunt in the spring carrying a rifle or backcountry style man that is that is nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, so I, you know, I went to college in Idaho and did a little bit of bear hunting in college. Not much. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, that was kind of before you could just get on YouTube and learn anything and podcasts weren't around yet. Yeah. And, uh, one time 
my wife and I went up there and went with one of my buddies again, just, you know, kind of a weekend type thing. And, um, I think I, th- I want to say there was like a really bad, I can't remember if there was a really bad fire year or they had a really late snow or something, but it just, yeah, there, there wasn't much of a chance of us getting one. So one of these days, yeah. I always talk about one of these days when I, you know, <laughs> have, have some time, which I don't know when that will be. I'm going to get up there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, but I really appreciate you coming on here and talking to us. And uh, real quick before I let you go, if somebody wants to, to you know, find your work and your pictures and everything, where should they go? I'm, I'm uh, active on Instagram, and it is uh, Three Rivers Outdoors uh, with an underscore at the end of it. And I got all my photography stuff on there, and I got some... Uh, discounts i can i can provide if i got a little link there uh then i got all my like i said my photography and then anything else i do i kind of put it on instagram nice awesome awesome well branson i think that's going to do it for us today so i'm glad we finally got a time nailed down to sit down and do this and i really appreciate you coming on yeah man i appreciate you having me i've been waiting on people like i just stare at them until like they notice me staring at them, then I try to just talk to them about bear hunting. So it's nice <laughs> to be able to do it over the phone. Good, good, good. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again, and have a great rest of your day. I will, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this week. Look at that. We got a little bear hunting content on the show, finally. If you're listening to this, and maybe you've done some Oklahoma bear hunting, or shoot, even somewhere close by, Arkansas, Missouri, something like that, reach out to me, because I would love to have some more local stuff on the show. Uh, Branson, good luck to you and your son this fall. If y'all get one, definitely let me know. We'll try to have y'all back on the show. Um, Yeah, I'm just trying to get some more widespread, awesome content for this area so thank you guys for coming on listening to me Uh, i'm about to go eat some dinner and then enjoy some some of my other passion which is college football tonight they're announcing the new schedule for the sec and so man there's been some hints all day it is looking like ou is going to have a brutal schedule it says here alabama tennessee lsu ole miss auburn Obviously, Texas still, man, that that is a rough draw, it looks like. Uh, Texas, obviously, their schedule isn't looking too easy either. We're going to get Texas and A&M back, that rivalry, along with Texas and OU. It's just great. I love it. I, I'm not a huge fan of all the realignment stuff that's happening right now. But I have to admit, it is going to make for some great television. So, anyway, enough about that. Thank you guys for listening to the show. And until next week, I will see you all right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. Mm-hmm.